Hey guys, every once in a while, I like to bring something to you that I think will be motivational, or as I like to call them, feel good stories. And today we're going to do that. We have a good long time friend of the show, Scott Rupp, and he had sent me a message uh, a couple of months ago about a charity that he and his wife, Christina, run. It's called Home Safe Horses. It is a Christian-based nonprofit horse rescue, but here's the good thing. So they bring the horses in. They give them this, this fantastic sanctuary so they can live a long, healthy life. They're safe. They're in peace. But once these horses are rehabilitated, they pair them with children which actually provides opportunities for both the animal and the human to develop rich and nurturing relationships where growth, confidence, and trust can develop into a Christ-first, Christ-centered environment. Scott, I want to say, first of all, thank you for what you and your wife do. I know this is an awesome uh, charity, and I think it's fantastic that you guys not only help horses, but then you turn around and use that situation to help children. Uh, most of them are what from my ages like six to 18. Is that about right? Yeah, most of the kids we serve, the, the program here is designed for children that are in the community. They uh, are six to ages six to 18. Um, they, all the sessions that we, that we host here at the ranch, they're free. Um, and anyone is invited to come. The, 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 the sessions are free because the gospel is free. So they're, they're able to come at basically any point um, in the year from, about April through the end of October and work and pair and uh, join up with horses and learn about God's creatures and his gentleness and their, their rehabilitated um, nature and, and maybe have a little fun doing it. So how did you guys get started with this? How, what, what was it that, that registered with you guys where you're like, you know, did you see something that was bad happening to some horses or uh, to, to say, Hey, we need to do something. How did all this start? Well, my my wife Christina, her 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 mother died about six and a half years ago, and during that loss, and that process, that grieving time, she needed a way to sort of sort through some of that. And so she uh, found a local rescue at the time we were living in in uh, Florida, and she found a local horse rescue there, and she started volunteering, uh, just as, as something to do, something to kind of focus her time and attention. And through that process, uh, she found out how healing and therapeutic these horses could be, these rescued animals, because it was the same type of situation. Um, so all the horses were abused or neglected or somehow ended up at the sanctuary where they then they then uh, needed to be taken care of and needed to be handled and worked with. And so she found a, she found it to be a very healing um comfortable place, very loving environment to be around these animals that had, you know, previously been in some pretty bad uh, situations. And through that experience, she encouraged myself and our, and our kids, we have two kids, uh, our daughter and son to kind of participate in the journey with her. And that just led to family time together. It led to us uh, the, uh, the ability to sort of move past the loss of her mom, who was a, who was a, a fairly large influence in our lives. She was we were, we were very close to her. And allowed us to move forward in a new direction. We saw we saw some of the things that we were working through personally, um, able to kind of change and transform because we found ourselves just connecting with these these animals. Uh, one thing led to another. We started researching and reading more about what life with horses or equine therapy might look like, and we then started. Uh, connecting and following other authors and other industry leaders, if you will. And that 
we started interviewing them and reading their books and uh, talking to them about their journeys. And we said, we might be able to do this. We might be able to kind of do what they're doing. And some, you know, it's all, all, all of these types of organizations are different. Some don't work with kids. Some just work with the horses. Some have specific programs for the armed forces or veterans or these types of things. And we, we really wanted to find a way to work with um, formerly abused and neglected horses in that we could then pair them, which what we thought was very near and dear to us was you know, the children or those who might not be, um, might not have the opportunity to do something like connect with creatures like this. And then we kind of paired that with our, you know, our, our faith and we just started walking the journey and it took us about four years from the time that we said, look, I think God's calling us to do this to where we actually left Florida and came up here to West Tennessee and we're able to start, start putting this mission together. Um, and we, we visited many places. We were all over the Eastern seaboard looking for a place, looking for where we might be called to be doing, to do this. Um, like I said, we talked to dozens of people that have, around the country that have established programs like this. And then um, we just took time and and put together a plan for how we got here. We didn't know where we were coming. We didn't. We, we live in a small West Tennessee community that's actually one of the most poor communities in the state. Uh, the crime is very high here. Uh, the economics are uh, fairly, fairly poor here. So opportunities in some regards are quite limited. So we felt like we were called here. We felt God had a plan for us to be here and um, found the ranch and started building it from, from scratch about two years ago. How many horses would you say you typically have on the ranch at one time? Well, we started with obviously one, um, a rescue from an auction barn, which was probably headed to uh, in Mexico for the meat market. And now, now we have uh, we have ten horses. Well, one of them is a donkey, and uh, one of them is a pony. So eight horses, a donkey, and a pony. That's where we are right now. We've been that. We've been at this population since uh, about uh, midsummer. The ranch is uh, sixty acres, and it can probably, if we you know if we had to expand fully, it could probably hold a twenty-five to thirty. Um, but we obviously need to move slower than that. Right now, we're growing the program. There was nothing here when we started. There was a house and a barn and a little bit of land. There was no fence, uh, no stalls, um, and no infrastructure whatsoever. So we, uh, again, we just kind of cast the vision on the place. We felt like it was where we should be. And we started with little temporary plastic posts in the ground that you string wire. And, you know, and that was our first fence for our first, first horse, which we bought at the Christmas auction in uh, December, 2020 at the, in a, in a, on a animal animal barn there and um so yeah we have 10 horses and again like the, the the horses range from all different types you know you've got quarter horses you've got your tennessee walking horses you've got your your we've got a um an arabian we've got registered horses that, with papers and you know none of that matters to us right and in most cases they come in very bad condition um exceedingly bad physical condition in which they are practically near death or in the process of dying. Um, for example, the summer we, we, we rescued three horses from uh, Texas and brought them up here. Um, two of them were the worst case horses we've ever seen, nothing but skin and hair and bone. And the other came along the way. We didn't know she was coming, but the other came along the way. She's full blind. And so we decided to, you know, adopt her as well. Uh, if we had an adopter, she was headed to the meat market somewhere in uh, Mississippi. 
but the, the the point being is that these horses were in such terrible condition but you know all they really needed was some time attention and some groceries um and you know one of them was so bad that actually didn't make it because there's the the damage to the internal organs of this animal were so tremendously bad that there was nothing we could do and the vet said you know we have to move on best thing we can do is let this animal um go in peace but the other two are flourishing i mean uh, the one is a three or four year old colt um full of life and energy and he's a pretty amazing animal he's put on about 400 pounds and he's a just a mountain of a horse now and he's i mean he's got a whole beautiful life ahead of him and the uh, the blind horse that arrived with him uh, I mean, we've never seen a more beautiful, graceful horse. Her, she can't see a thing, but she just knows. You know, she just knows where she's at. She knows she's safe. She's she'll come up and she'll come up with into my uh, my wife uh, Christina's shoulder, and she'll just put her she'll just put her head right up on her shoulder, and they'll just give each other hugs. And she's got these beautiful, like gold eyes that you know can't see anything, but they're just so full of expression. So just these gifts. Um, so to answer your question, you know, we currently have ten um right now but uh we 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 assess as they come um and we 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 do our best to you know if people come and say hey we've got these horses what do you want to do well the the best the best thing for an animal that needs love is for the animal to stay where it has gotten love you know we get a lot of calls that say my horse is broken down i can't ride it anymore i you know it's got arthritis or whatever i need to get rid of this horse and we'll... the fact is is that that horse gave you its best you know that horse that horse was there for you during all that time, now it's time for you to be there for them. You know, in some cases, we understand that it doesn't work that way. Everyone can't, everyone can't, you know, save their horse, so they're not in this in the situation where they can be. But if it's possible, the, the best thing for those horses is to stay with them, uh, the original owner. Um, so, what about the children about- that that come in that you match up with the uh, the horses? How do those children? get to the ranch as far as are they part of a program out there or do you connect with programs to say, Hey, we've got this opportunity for kids who need it. How do they find out about the ranch and how do they, uh, how are they able to connect uh, with these horses? How do you guys find those children? I guess is my best way of asking. So we've, this is this last summer, spring, summer was our first season where we hosted children had free sessions. Uh, primarily those children came to us either through our outreach on social and through some some local connections in, in the community. Obviously, we've only been here two years, so we're tr- still trying to get our, our, our feet into the community as well. We, you know, we have no previous connection to this community, we know, no family or anything here. So it's it's been reaching out to community organizations, churches, and then on social. Um, so usually a parent will contact us and ask us if they can come. They do. They um, this, The process really is just a, a simple intake. You know, you sign the form and then we, we kind of identify, we pray and we identify which uh, which horse the child might work with. The sessions are one-on-one. So it's the one child, one horse. And in the beginning, it was primarily just the one child and the one instructor and the one horse. But then as we moved forward, uh, we started bringing the families in. So it's become kind of a family effort, like the mother or father that shows up with them. We've really seen them grow and come together when they have time um, to, you know, interact with the animal and uh, work with them together. But so the, the the kids, they come from the community. They come from just around those 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 that, you know, that live around us, they can come here. We we expect that. So we're uh, we're about an hour north of Memphis, and kind of 
in the in the in the area of West Tennessee, where there's several smaller communities around us. So, so we expect we'll be see we'll be receiving um, you know serving children from about an hour uh, radius around us. But it's just it's open to anyone. The only the only rule or the only re requirement for participation is that the child wants to be here. If they if they obviously if they don't want to be here, then we we can't make them be here. And so, um, but if they want to be here, we'll we'll let them participate in whichever way they uh, possibly want to. That could be you know looking just looking at a horse. It could be um, grooming a horse. It could be feeding a horse. It could be. Um, doing everything up into the point of wanting to learn how to ride or even ride. Um, it really is just an opportunity for the child to connect with the animal and have a safe place to see maybe what kindness, love, and grace can do for you know for one of God's creatures that was previously tossed aside. And I think that's where the the real power of what we're trying to do comes through is that. In many cases, you know, kids are going through so much, right? Uh, we, we've all gone through so much and it seems to be getting more difficult as we as we go forward. But kids are going through so much and sometimes they they can't. They can't speak to what they're going through because it's hard. You know, sometimes they have difficulty processing it themselves. I know I know that I did. But when they connect with those the horse, it's like there's this unwritten language. They can communicate in a way that that words can't even describe. It's just just being in the presence of some of these animals that you know, it's it's amazing to watch a horse come in and, and change or or help heal a, a, a young heart. Um, that uh, it's kind of indescribable, but the the you know it's a, it's an amazing it's an amazing thing to witness to see uh, one of these creatures just connect with one of these children. It's a pretty moving, pretty beautiful experience. Do you find that most of the children that come are, are children that have had experienced some life difficulties? Or do you find a mixed bag of like the same type of kids that would just go to a pony ride because it's there? It's been a mixed bag. Um, and that, that, but that's just been our experience so far. Um, but we, we expect we were designed and sort of we're setting out programs to, to, to work with children that who have been through some difficult times, who have been through maybe, you know, abuse or neglect of their own. So they can see themselves in and through the horses. That's, that's part of the, the program that we're trying to create here. But again, that doesn't that's not that doesn't limit who we want to serve. Even if even if children who have the means and have you know the uh, the quote unquote everything is going okay or well for them, and what's fine if they want to come in here and they have the, the ability to connect with the horse, they can still learn about natural horsemanship, which is what we practice. They can still connect with us. We can pray. We can learn about you know how God works through these creatures, and then again, then we can if they are able to then move on or they want to learn some other skills, the, the program is open to anyone. So it's not a matter of, it's really not what they've, they themselves are bringing. It's what they can get out of it. And so that's, again, it's open to everyone, but so far, yeah, it's been a mixed bag. Um, but we are trying to create some programs and design um, some, some outreach for individuals within the community that have been, that have been through some, some struggles. I think the obvious next question is obvious, you know, when you've got 10 horses, that's not cheap to maintain. I, I know uh, I've known some people in the past that had horses just for the, you know, they weren't thoroughbreds or anything. They were just general horses that were, that were uh, beloved pets. And I know how expensive that could be. How do you guys fund all this? I mean, this is obviously you're letting the kids come in for free. So you're not getting the money that way. How does all that, uh, 
how does all of it get taken care of? Well, I appreciate that. It's a great question. And I think the best answer to that is we and we've been blessed to a certain degree that we um, we so so far we've done a lot of self-funding the organization is we've, it's a passion project as, as well as a ministry. So we've we've self-funded a little bit. We and we do have some outside donations as well coming in from individuals that care about the work that we're doing, um, primarily helping with infrastructure and such, uh, building stalls and putting up fence. So we do call outs. We'll do uh, do some call outs on social media. We'll we're, we're, we will uh, eventually we'll work into a formalized program where we're doing grants and trying to raise money through public organizations and uh, going out to charitable uh, uh, gifters and such. But but right now it's been grassroots. It's been you know, small uh, small donation donations coming in, and individuals uh, believing in what we're uh, trying to build here, and funding it uh, that way—ten dollars, twenty-five dollars, hundred dollars at a time. Um, but we, you know, since we feel called, we're we obviously we enjoy and are thoroughly um, blessed by any support that outsiders offer us. But but right now, it's uh, just been kind of operating as a as a, as a mission. One of the reasons I brought you on, uh, Scott, and the reason that that uh, I wanted to put this out when we're putting it out, because we're recording this on Monday and we're putting it out on Monday, uh, I truly believe in what you and Christina are doing. I think it's a fantastic uh, charity, and, and I love that you guys are just doing it more or less because this is what you feel like that you've been led to do uh, more than anything else. And you're you're helping children, you're helping horses. It's just an all-around great thing when you can help two different entities at the same time. But tomorrow is a, uh, which is Tuesday, is a very special day when it comes to uh, charities like yourself. So why don't you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about that? All right, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So tomorrow's Giving Tuesday. It's this, uh, the first Tuesday every year after uh, after Thanksgiving. It's Falls in line. It's kind of the kickoff to the Christmas giving season, and it's a global it's a it's a global day of um, donation and and well being where individuals kind of kick off the Christmas season. And uh, thousands of organizations like ours, all and nonprofits, we're five hundred one C three nonprofit uh, around the around the country um, have programs to on to launch on Giving Tuesday. And our our Giving Tuesday program this this year it's our first time doing it, so. We are doing a buy a board, build a stall. We are we have a few stalls in our barn, but we don't have enough to support the horses that we have. And obviously, stalls bring comfort and, and they bring order, which are good for in the winter season and good for when the children come here. So we are doing a buy a board, build a stall program, where we're we're hoping to raise enough money to build ultimately build six stalls that would take care of all the animals. And uh, so we're hoping that we can raise enough money to do that one board at a time and uh it cost about for each stall it cost about 512 dollars um yeah, for all the lumber and hardware so one one board is about give or take about ten dollars and 72 cents and so we're doing a buy the board you can buy a board you could buy a wall you can buy the stall or you can buy them all and hopefully we, there's someone out there that would love to buy some boards for the for the barn because we we do all the labor. We do it all ourselves. We we build it everything here. We put our own hands into it. So it's all anything raised goes directly back. So that's that's our Giving Tuesday, uh, our Giving Tuesday campaign this year. We're trying to just we're trying to build some infrastructure to help uh, keep the horses, especially warm during this winter. It gets kind of cold out here in West Tennessee, especially in January and February. 
And then for the sessions, it's particularly important for the sessions for the kids to have the horses. We have them tied or tied up or we have them in the in the round pen, for example. But when the kids come here, they really love to see the horses in the stalls. It gives us a great chance to introduce them. It gives us a chance to connect in a calm and safe manner. And we're able to do that now, obviously, but we just we would like to have more more of that order that provides provides, you know, safety and comfort to everyone. So that's that's what we're trying to do for Giving Tuesday. Big deal uh, for all all nonprofits and worldwide, I believe. But uh, uh, a lot of us, non, a lot of small organizations really are, um, we really are grassroots and, and we're doing things, you know, out, out of acts of passion. So um, these, these are important, important, um, you know, times for organizations like ours and those who are able to support really do make a difference. They're really changing lives in significant ways. Um, and, and we know that even one board, I mean, one board is a very, it's a big deal. It makes a real difference. So that's what we're doing this year. Well, what I'm going to do, obviously, Tracy and I are going to contribute uh, to oh, the, the charity. And uh, we're going to put, uh, you, you sent me some information on the price per board, per wall, per stall. And uh, I'm going to post that in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, just go to the show notes, you'll have that. But I'm also going to plaster it on all of our social media. So uh, either uh, Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, the group, any, anywhere you follow us on social media, all this will get posted. Uh, and I'll post it tonight so everybody can get ahead of the game if they want. But uh, we we appreciate what you and Christine are doing. Uh, thank you so much for coming on with us, with us Scott. And hopefully uh, this is a very successful uh, charity drive for you guys tomorrow. I um, I am beyond honored and thrilled, and I'm extremely thankful for your time, Jerry. And I, you, what you and Trace are doing is really amazing, and I'm I'm very humbled by this. Thank you, thank you, everyone who's listened, and thank you, everyone for for taking the time to to listen to our story and um, follow along. We're at homesafehorses.com. Our organization is called Home Safe Horses, and uh, you can find us on Facebook too, Home Safe Horses. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, and thank you, Jerry. All right, everybody, that's Scott Rupp. He uh, is the face that I have today, him and his wife, Christina, of uh, Home Safe Horses. I wouldn't have him on here if I didn't 100% believe in what they do. You guys know that. And uh, like I said, I've been able to connect with Scott for the last probably six years, ever since the show started. He was one of the first people that that we connected with when the show started, and he's been there ever since. And uh, we, uh, we've we been following what you guys are doing. And, uh, you know, you guys started this after we connected for the first time and I've been able to watch you guys grow. And, and like I said, nothing but the utmost respect for what you and your wife do. Thanks, sir. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later and uh, spread the word about home safe horses.